Welcome to the Giants Huddle, a New York Giants podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Giants Huddle podcast. I am John Schmelk, today's guest, NFL insider from the NFL Network, Ian Rappaport. Before we get to Ian, I want to remind you, you can find the Giants Huddle podcast on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe, add us to your feed. If you like what you hear, leave a five-star positive review. Now we're joined by our guest on the Giants Huddle Podcast. He is Ian Rappaport, NFL Insider for the NFL Network. Ian, I know things are flying fast and furious, not just in the world of sports, but in the world right now. We appreciate the time. And Ian, a lot to happen between now and the start of the league year and the legal negotiation period. First domino, I suppose, is the vote for the CBA. That's going to take place late Saturday night, early Sunday morning. Deadline is midnight. What's your feel in terms of talking to players around the league for how you think that vote is going to go, or does really no one have a clue here because it's a secret ballot? Yeah, I mean, I can't pretend to know, uh, and that's one you know frustrating thing is you know I spend so much of my time talking to people and reporting what's going to happen, uh, and you know I can't talk to uh, you know I I can't talk to two thousand players. Um, I wish I could, <laughs> you know, and so it, it you know it feels like. The election of J.C. Treader, who is more of a moderate, feels like that was good for the passing of the CBA as opposed to someone like Michael Thomas or Richard Sherman or uh, Russell Okun. You know, if, had they been elected, it probably would have been a little more dire. The fact that the NFLPA asked for two more days to tabulate votes, to me, feels like a good sign for a deal getting passed, but uh, I certainly can't pretend to know it with any sort of definitive answer. How much has action been delayed, either for teams clearing guys off their roster or trying to negotiate long-term extensions, been put on hold because of the uncertainty of the CBA? I don't get the sense that anyone is doing anything. You know, I mean, that's what's really crazy here is, um, you know, usually by this time I have a sense for, you know, what the top free agents are going to get. I have a sense for where most guys are going to end up going. I mean, you know, if this team comes in like the offer I think they're going to, and this player is probably going here, you know, it's not like that this year. I mean, I've talked to a couple of GMs in the last day uh, who have basically said, do you know? Because I don't know. Because there's so much uncertainty about a CBA. You know, if there's no CBA, there's more than five teams who probably won't be able to do anything just based on the salary cap. If there is a CBA, those teams will be active. Um, and that certainly um, is something to watch for. If this CBA does pass, how much do you think agents representing these players are going to try to bake into these contracts some type of escalator or something else to try to anticipate some of the huge bumps in the salary cap people think are going to happen? Some people say within three or four years, $100 million uh, if this new CBA does pass. How much do the agents use that to try to negotiate either shorter contracts to, to renegotiate later or build in you know things in the deals to try to reflect those big jumps that are supposed to happen? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if anyone knows for sure where the cap is going to be, I, and I don't, you know, just based on the quality of players this year in free agency, which is not exceptionally high, you know, I don't expect it to be just, you know, crazy, crazy. Like I don't, I don't believe the receiver market is going to be reset. Uh, you know, Amari Cooper is going to make a lot of money, but beyond him, there's not a ton. I mean, the running back market is probably not going to be uh, reset. There's a lot of defensive tackles. Um, I do think edge rushers will get paid a lot. Corners will get paid a lot. You know, for safeties, there's 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 a couple, but there's really not that many. You know, so I, I, 
I think they will try to take advantage of the escalating salary cap, but I don't think it's going to make money go crazy because the market is what it is and the quality of talent in free agency is not nuts. How, well, how nuts is the 36 hours going to be between midnight, Saturday night, and the Sunday morning, and then Monday at noon, where tasks can get put on and people are preparing for that start of the league year? i got to imagine that's going to be one of the busiest 36 hours you've ever had to deal with. Yeah, I would, I would think you're right. Um, and that's you know because usually by this time, you've had teams making cuts, you've had restructures, you know, you've had everything that could go on, and almost none of that has happened. Because, you, for instance, you don't know if you can do a, um, you know, you don't know if you can do a post-June 1st cut because you don't know if there's going to be a CBA. So all the league business that usually goes on, guys getting cut, restructures, little mini extensions, that, that hasn't happened. Um, it'll all probably happen Sunday and Monday morning. And plus the franchise tags, we haven't had a single guy franchise tag. Um, you know, so it's really going to be really going to be a crazy few days. Well, and you can check it out on NFL Network's Free Agent Frenzy, which Ian will, of course, be a part of. Starts off Sunday, 1 o'clock Eastern on NFL Network. Do you then project, Ian, that maybe this market and players' moat might not jump off the board as quickly as we usually see where minutes of that negotiating window being open, we're going to see guys signing contracts left and right. Will this market, you think, maybe move a little bit slower? Um. I would say the agents probably have an idea now that it's not going to be absolutely crazy. And so, you know, I, I would think that um, guys will probably be taking deals early to ensure that they get the deals they want. I still think it'll feel crazy. I just don't <laughs> know if the market will get completely reset. How crazy do you think the market is going to be for two impending giant free agency? And I know you said you haven't been able to get a real good feel for this yet, but Leonard Williams and Marcus Golden, two important parts of this defense, will hit the free agent market. Or do you think they'll be part of that first wave getting big contracts, or will they be part of that second wave where maybe they're not going to be at the top of where that market ends up? No, I mean, I think both those guys are going to do really well. I mean, with Leonard Williams, you know, the biggest question I have is, are the Giants going to franchise tag him? I certainly think it's possible. I know they've discussed it. He's a very good player who has not yet reached his potential. And I think with, you know, some really good coaching this year, you know, that would probably help him help everyone. Um, now, if he gets a huge multi-year deal from some from someone else, um, you know, would he I, – I, I, I would say this. If the Giants don't franchise him, Leonard Williams is going to do very well. I just don't know at what level. Um, and I think if you're the Giants, you know, you'd probably try to retain him because you traded for him and you hate to lose good players. So that, I think that's a situation that, you know, if they don't tag him, will certainly escalate pretty quickly. And then for Marcus Golden, you know, not a big name, was a great signing for the Giants last year. You know, I would expect him to, you know, probably be in the maybe $10 million range. Um, for pass rushers. I mean, that's what that's what those guys are getting. So, you know, I don't know if it's secondary or primary, but I think he's going to be, you know, I think he's going to do very well in free agency too. We know Byron Jones is at the top of the free agent market, could reset that cornerback market until Jalen Ramsey eventually signs his contract. Your feel for how the rest of that cornerback group is going to go off the board, Ian, and who else you think might be highly sought after after Byron Jones? Yeah, I mean, I think Byron Jones is going to be at the top. Uh, James Bradbury you know, probably right under. And, you know, then what you have is some older guys who are really, really good. 
you know, I, I would say, you know, Chris Harris is probably um, going to do extremely well. I mean, he is an older guy, but he's, you know, he's he's played really well and um, he's a good guy, um, you know, and so I, I would think he's probably going to slide in, slide in right under and, you know, has been in an undervalued deal, um, you know, with the Denver Broncos for some time. And, and another one, you know, Logan Ryan, really smart guy, really good guy. Um, probably also looking at that $10 million plus range when it comes to cornerbacks. We saw C.J. Mosley reset the linebacker market last year. Two guys on the top of that linebacker market this year, Littleton from the Rams and Schobert from the Browns. How heavy do you think interest is going to be in those two guys around the league? Uh, I think there'll be a lot of interest. You know, I see both those guys, you know, probably $10 million plus. You know, I don't think it's going to be like Mosley, you know, where they're up, up into the 17-18 range, but I do see both those guys $10 million plus. And that's just, you know, for a guy like C.J. Mosley to get that kind of money, you know, lightning has to strike, the stars have to collide. Um, you know, the Ravens decided not to tag him. The Jets needed him. There was a bidding war. I mean, it's, you know, maybe one of those guys gets there. But I think right now it's safe to say both those guys are going to get to $10 million plus. Uh, on the market. Aside from Clowney, we know a lot of the edge rushers are going to be franchise tagged. Who else besides Clowney do you think could eventually get out there and command big money at edge rusher? And then just give me your take on how much it's going to cost to bring in a guy like Jack Conklin. Yeah, I mean, for you know, for a guy like Jack Conklin, I would imagine it'd be you know in the sixteen, seventeen million dollar range, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen million. I mean, you know, probably the top offensive lineman. You know, Trent Brown played really well at right tackle this year for the Raiders. I would imagine he's going to be looking for something, you know, similar there. And then, you know, I would say for the edge rushers, you're right. Clowney, you know, he's probably going to get 18 to 20. And, you know, after that, you got a really good group of guys. Like, like Robert Quinn is going to do really, really well. You know, he's going to make more than $13 million a year. Um, and, you know, for, for pass rushers, that's what, that's what teams got to pay, and that's what those guys are worth. That's why everyone wants to lock them up long term when you get them, because if you don't get them and you got to pay for them from someone else, they're extremely expensive. Ian, final question. Just generally speaking, when the Giants approached this group, we saw what they did back in 2016. Out of the gates, Snacks Harrison, Janoris Jenkins, Lily Vermin, bam, 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 big money. Worked for one year. Then Dave Gettleman had to clean up that mess afterwards. They've been paying for it for a couple years. So how do you think he goes about this free agent market? Will he try to make one big splash? Will he try to spread the money around? The Giants have a lot to spend. How do you think he's going to approach this market? You know, I, I could see a splash uh, a splash or two early, you know, if the right guy comes in. I just, I just don't see it where they sign, you know, five guys on day one and they're spending, you know, $100 million. I, I just, you know, if you look at... Um, the background, you know, Dave Gettleman loves to draft and develop. Joe Judge comes from a place that thrived in the second wave of free agency. You know, I would expect that that, not saying they're not going to sign someone early, but I would expect where they will thrive is going to be in that second wave. You know, the really, really good players who get contracts probably just under that top tier. My guess is that's probably going to be, you know, the Giants' wheelhouse. Ian, we appreciate all the time today. We know you're very busy. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you down the road. All right, pal? All right, man. Take care. That's Ian Rappaport, this week's guest on the Giants Huddle Podcast. I am John Schmelk. We thank you for giving us the time on a very busy day. Great information leading into NFL free agency. Want to remind you before we say goodbye, you can find the Giants Huddle Podcast on Giants.com. 
the Giants mobile app, and all your favorite podcast platforms. Find the subscribe, add us to your favorites. If you like what you hear on your Apple podcast, leave a five-star positive review. And I also want to remind you that you can find all the Giants podcast offerings, including Big Blue Kickoff Live, our daily show from noon to one, at Giants.com slash podcast. I'm John Schmelk. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle. Stay safe and healthy, everybody. Adios.